Hey, Moving Forward listeners, I'd like to take a quick minute to tell you about my new books. If you've been following the podcast, you'll know that I helped bring my dad's business into the 21st century with Poshmark. I've documented everything we've done so you can start a business right from your closet or expand an existing business with an effective e-commerce solution, even if you don't have a large marketing budget or social media following. The Poshmark Guide for Individuals and Small Businesses is now available in paperback and for Kindle. You can also find the Poshmark Journal for Individuals and Small Businesses with worksheets to help you manage your inventory and negotiate effectively and confidently on the platform. Both titles are available on Amazon, where you can find quick access links at bemovingforward.com or in my link tree, which is in the show notes for today's episode. Start learning and moving forward today. Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 391, and we're kicking off the summer movie series. So just a little background. Last summer, uh, I took a break from the business and tech and life hack stuff to do a whole series where I talked about some of my favorite movies that I associate with the summer. That series was well-received, and I wanted to do that again this year. For those of you who've been following the podcast, you'll know that uh, initially, I wanted to do this at the beginning of the summer, starting in June, but I ended up taking a detour. I had to take two months off, about two months off, to work on a lot of housekeeping when it came to the podcast, the website, my book, all of those things. So unfortunately, I had to push off the summer series. So this is going to be a shorter mini-series. As I mentioned last week, uh, we're starting now. It's the beginning of August, and this is going to run through the uh, first weekend in September or Labor Day weekend. So it's going to be a shorter series, but I've got some fun movies that I want to talk about and share with you. So starting today with the only current theatrical release that I'm going to be covering on this series, Top Gun Maverick. And... Some of you may be wondering, well, John, it's a little bit late in the summer. Top Gun Maverick's been out for a couple of months, and that is correct. It came out late, uh, Memorial Day weekend. And had I stuck to my original plan and started the movie series earlier, I would have released this review more in line with when it came out. However, despite the fact that I'm getting a little bit of a later start on the movie series, this is a movie that is worth talking about, and it deserves all of the praise and attention that it has received and one of the reasons why I want to cover this film is because I think it is one of the best movies that I've seen in a long time. And it is worth seeing it on the big screen. It is still playing in theaters. My guess is that uh, it will be in theaters for a little while longer. I'm guessing at the very least through Labor Day weekend, if not maybe a few weeks after, because this movie has done gangbusters. It's actually broken quite a few records and uh, continues to do so, and this is a fantastic movie that I, I really want to talk a little bit about on this series. So let us uh, let me give you a breakdown of some of the basics. This is Top Gun Maverick, directed by Joseph Kaczynski, who some of you, if you're movie aficionados, will know, worked with Tom Cruise previously on Oblivion, if you like sci-fi. I, I don't think I've seen Oblivion. I've seen clips of it, visually stunning, and... Uh, he and Tom Cruise definitely bring their A game for, for Maverick. So the movie stars Tom Cruise reprising his role from the 1986 film. 
Also co-stars Jennifer Connelly, Miles Teller, John Hamm, Charles Parnell, Ed Harris, and Val Kilmer, who reprises his role as Iceman from the first film. There's also a, a, a new cast of characters, in addition to Miles Teller, who portray the next generation of pilots. And they all do a, a great job as well. Currently, the global box office, I believe as of the recording of this uh, podcast, is either at or close to $1.3 billion. Domestically, over $650 million. It is uh, in the top 10 grossing films. It has exceeded all expectations. And in fact, I think I just saw a post where Paramount, which is the studio for Top Gun, actually put this in their quarterly statement. So that's how big of an impact this movie has had. Uh, Let me talk to you a little bit about my background with the first film, Top Gun, and uh, its connection to this film, obviously, and uh, my thoughts on uh, Top Gun Maverick. So Top Gun, the original, came out summer of 1986. I was in grade school. I did not see it at that time. I was a little bit too young for the film. That was more for the uh, older kids, the the ones who were in high school, talked about it a lot. Uh, I was more into The Karate Kid, which I actually talked about on last year's summer series. And in 1986, The Karate Kid Part 2 had come out. So that was the movie that was most on my mind. I caught Top Gun later when it came out on VHS, enjoyed it. I don't think I loved it as much as the teenagers who were really diehard fans of it, but I really appreciated it. It for what it was, enjoyed the movie, watched it several times. Uh, I, I own it on physical media. I do have it on DVD, and I've seen it subsequent times. When I was in college, I remember, I'll share this one memory, freshman year, on my dorm floor, there were several people, several of my dorm neighbors really loved Top Gun, and they would actually play it random times throughout the semester as a study break. And so I would hear sounds from that movie from down the hall and uh, I, I just remember a couple of times where uh, you would hear people quoting lines from that movie so that movie really resonated with a lot of people and as I was going through college and into grad school and early on in my career we're talking about the 90s through the early 2000s rumors persisted all along that Top Gun would have a sequel there were rumors all throughout that there was going to be a Top Gun 2 uh, with all sorts of rumors about what the plot would be. Never came to fruition. And it wasn't until 2018-19 that they first announced that there was finally going to be a sequel to Top Gun. And the first trailers came out in 2019. Hard to believe three years ago is when we saw the first sneak peek of it. And I believe the original release date was supposed to be in 2020. Obviously with the pandemic... Everything got pushed back, and they decided to put off the release of Top Gun. There were rumors that it would go on streaming. I think at one point it was rumored it would go on Amazon Prime, and then Paramount Plus, which is the uh, streaming service of the studio that made Top Gun, was also rumored to have uh, to put it on streaming. But what they ended up doing, and I think this was really Tom Cruise's doing, he really pushed for this movie to have a theatrical uh, release. So they put it off to 2021 and then finally put it off one more time and we got it Memorial Day weekend of 2022. I I remember when the trailer, first trailer came out for this, I thought it looked really cool. 
and, and I thought to myself, this is a movie I want to see. I don't know that I need to see it in the theater, but I'm definitely going to see it at some point. And the reaction I remember around that first trailer was a little bit mixed. I think most people thought it looked visually cool, but there was a lot of skepticism about this movie. There, there were people who were thinking, oh, this might be a fun movie to go see. Uh, a lot of people thought it would be a blip on the radar. Others were questioning whether or not this movie would do well at all because it, it was coming so long after the first one People were questioning whether or not this would be relevant. Well, flash forward to now, and Top Gun has exceeded all expectations. And that's a joy for me to see, something that took everyone by surprise. And uh, the phrase had no right being this good, which I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about it when people say things like that because this is a really great movie. That's just it. It's not about whether or not this movie has any right to be as good as it is. It is just simply as good as people are saying. That's just it. They worked hard on this movie. They made a great movie, and it is deserving of all the accolades and success that it has received. So let's talk a little bit about Maverick, and I'm, I'm going to share with you in this review three reasons why I think this movie is not only a great sequel, but just a great movie in general. Before we get to that, I'm going to give you a very basic breakdown of the plot. For those of you who have not seen the original Top Gun, uh, that was basically a, a very classic story of a rogue, talented pilot played by Tom Cruise named Maverick. That's his call sign, and he is very much a maverick. He doesn't play by the rules. He's a little bit wild off the cuff, and he goes to compete at this uh, Navy pilot program called Top Gun, which pits the best pilots in the country against one another to see who is the best of the best. And um, throughout that film, it's about Maverick not only putting his skills to the test, but becoming more of a team player. And he faces tragedy in that uh, his best friend and his co-pilot Goose, played by uh, Anthony Edwards, is killed during one of their training flights. He develops a very tense, what can be described as a frenemy relationship with Iceman, who is his top competitor, played by Val, Val Kilmer. Towards the end of the movie, uh, they graduate Top Gun, uh, they're called to a mission, and Maverick has to kind of find his confidence again after losing his best friend, after losing his co-pilot, and he and Iceman develop this brotherhood. They have this respect for each other by the end of the film. It's a very classic story. It's a hero's journey story. Top Gun Maverick picks up many decades later. And you have, uh, it opens with an exciting sequence of Maverick. He's a test pilot, uh, test, testing out this supersonic jet. I believe it's for a government contractor, but it's visually stunning. And the story is, is that Maverick, he's still a lieutenant, which is what he was in the first film. And that's part of his arc, is that in some ways he hasn't moved from the past. He's still happiest when he's... Uh, flying a supersonic jet, but we also see that his character has developed. Time has passed. He's older. He has to come to terms with that. He's still wrestling with the grief over the loss of his uh, best friend from the first film, so I think that was all very well done. And one thing that 
uh, I think this film does really well. And I'll talk about it when I break down the three elements is that it really finds the right way to leverage the nostalgia from the first film. And we're seeing this a lot from studios is that they are revisiting legacy properties, ones that are decades old with mixed results. It is not an easy thing to do. Some properties have done it really well, others not so much. And I'll cite a couple of examples. So I remember when it first came out, before it came out actually, I got to see a sneak peek of Dumb and Dumber 2. And I enjoyed the first one. I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but I always thought it was a funny movie. I didn't think the sequel was all that great. It wasn't horrible. I did laugh, but it's not a movie that I have really revisited since that uh, screening. So I haven't seen it beyond that. And I think that was an example of a movie that tried to recapture some of the magic, but just didn't succeed. I think a, a film series that has done a great job is Creed. Creed 1 and 2. Uh, they did a great job in building on the Rocky saga. It's a spinoff and yet a continuation as well. And I thought they did a great job, especially paying respect and reverence to Sylvester Stallone's character, Rocky, and the story that came before and building upon it with a new generation. My favorite example of a sequel that has really knocked it out of the park, and I've talked about this on the podcast, is Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai, as far as I'm concerned, really got this right. More so than most other franchises, they really found the right balance between building off of the old legacy, continuing on with the old characters, bringing them into modern times, keeping them consistent, and yet at the same time introducing new stories and new characters. A lot of franchises have not done this well. One in particular I will mention, I'm not going to get into this, this is a hot topic, but Star Wars under Disney, I feel like has been a bit of a mixed bag. And in fact, it's ironic because prior to Top Gun Maverick, the last movie I saw in the theater was actually The Rise of Skywalker in 2019. So I haven't haven't been to the theater in a long time. But uh, I feel like the sequel trilogy and some of these uh, more recent films, some of some of the elements are great. I think they, they got some of it really nailed down correctly. Some of the elements didn't quite work for me. In particular, the, the story, the lack of consistency, the lack of an arc. I think some of the nostalgia was not used properly. And so I have a, I have a mixed reaction to the Star Wars films. There was a lot that I liked about it. There were some things that I was not crazy about. Top Gun Maverick, I think, nailed it. And I put it up there with Cobra Kai and with the Creed films as an example of how to do a sequel to a legacy property, not only creating a great continuation of an older story, but creating a story that stands on its own. And I have to emphasize this because the reaction I've seen to Top Gun Maverick, it is captured Three particular audiences, which are very hard to capture. I think if a sequel is able to capture one or two of these, they could, it's a success. The fact that Top Gun Maverick captured all three, nothing short of phenomenal. So in one group, you have those who loved the first film, those who grew up on the first film, whether they were diehard fans from the beginning or came to it a little bit later like I did. 
many of those people have gone to see Top Gun Maverick. And of course, that's probably the easiest audience to get into the theater to see a film like this. But the reaction has been that many of the people who love the first one have said that this is even better than the first film. So that's pretty remarkable. The second group of people, you have the newer generation of moviegoers who have not seen the first Top Gun, and many of them have gone to see Top Gun Maverick, have enjoyed it, and are now going back to watch the old film, the first film. So that's pretty exciting to see. Cobra Kai, I think, brought both of those audiences in uh, as well. The third audience is probably the hardest and the trickiest. are, Are the groups of people or fans movie fans who did not like the first Top Gun. There are people who did not enjoy the first movie who have gone to see Top Gun Maverick and have loved Top Gun Maverick. I think that is exceptionally rare to see something like that. Top Gun Maverick has really captured the imagination and the respect and reverence of all three groups. And it it speaks to its continuing success. And uh, I didn't see it opening weekend. In fact, I was a little bit on the fence about whether or not I I would want to go to the theater to see this. These days, I don't go to the theater very much. Even as we're coming out of the pandemic, going to the movie theaters used to be a uh, kind of a social occasion for me. I would get together with friends from uh, grad school and we would go see a big tentpole movie once or twice a year like Star Wars. Uh, But... um, as soon as I heard the buzz from that opening weekend, now, first of all, Top Gun Maverick broke $100 million in its first weekend. I think it was the first Tom Cruise movie to do that. The buzz, the reviews, the word of mouth was tremendous. And what was remarkable to see, and this is something that I've learned recently, is that the metric of success for a movie, a summer blockbuster, isn't so much how it does its first weekend because most of these big tentpole movies will do well their opening weekend. The real key to its success, measuring its success, is how it does in its second weekend. And Top Gun Maverick not only stayed in the top spot, but had the lowest drop in movie history. And in fact, over subsequent weeks, it really kept that pace going. And it was breaking all sorts of records in terms of the lowest drop from week to week. And we've seen a lot of summer blockbusters this summer and in past summers that start out really strong, but over the subsequent weeks, they really drop off. But Top Gun Maverick really, really had that steady line at the top. Meanwhile, it's gotten a lot of critical acclaim. It's... it uh, the reviewers have a lot of reviewers have said that it is one of the best movies of the year best movie in uh, the last couple of years I would agree I would agree that this is a really well done film and it is deserving of all of its acclaim so let me break down what in my opinion are the three reasons why this is a movie that is worth spending your time on worth seeing on the big screen. And I do recommend while it's still in theaters, go see it on the big screen. Number one, this movie is technically beautiful. Uh, If you've ever read any of the behind the scenes or seen some of the featurette documentaries that are on YouTube, I do recommend check some of those out. They actually developed new filmmaking technology, new camera technology to capture the aerial footage. Now, if you know anything about the first film 
and the production of the first film. It was actually a bit of a hot mess behind the scenes. It was really difficult to capture some of the aerial footage. And in fact, there was a lot they couldn't use. So the fact that the first film turned out as well as it did was nothing short of a miracle. But for this film, they really pushed the envelope in terms of the filmmaking technology. And in fact, it's really fascinating to see that a lot of the scenes with the pilots, Tom Cruise, as well as some of the newer cast, they had to do actually do some of their own filming using this new camera technology. And the footage is absolutely breathtaking. This is a real achievement in practical effects. So there's not as much reliance on CG as you would see in contemporary films. So that, I think, is worth alone the, the price of admissions to see this on the big screen. Number two, it, there is a very effective story told in this movie. It's told with confidence, it's told with heart, and it's conveyed through great cinematography, but also top-notch performances. It's a simple yet effective story. And when I say simple, that is not a negative. Top Gun Maverick has a very straightforward ABC story. It's got a very, very straightforward uh, story about Maverick coming back to Top Gun to train these new pilots. Now, what is cool is that it's not just a rehash of the first film. These pilots are not competing for the Top Gun trophy. They've already graduated. These are already the best of the best. They're coming back to train for a very specific mission. And Maverick is one of the only active pilots who has that real-life combat experience to train these uh, pilots. So I think it is it is great. There's also a commentary about the, the modern state of... Um, drones and things like that. So there's a lot of different elements that are going on with this story about technology versus old school skill, that sort of thing. But at the heart of it, it's a very straightforward story. And I think it is effectively told. It's a story that's going to grab you from the beginning. I think because of the visuals, you're going to stay glued to your seat and you're going to be your attention will be kept throughout the entire film. This is a movie that has a lot of suspenseful moments and yet at the same time I think the story will draw you in. And third, this is the key for Top Gun Maverick being a phenomenal sequel. It is nostalgia done right. As I've talked about with some of the examples that I mentioned earlier, a lot of legacy properties don't get the sequels that they deserve or the sequels don't quite pull it off. Top Gun Maverick, much like Cobra Kai, much like Creed, really finds the right balance in building off of the legacy material and the story and the characters from the older property, bringing them forward, treating them with reverence while introducing a new generation of characters. So I'm going to point out some highlights. I think, first of all, Tom Cruise is at the top of his game. He's always, in my opinion, brought his best to almost every movie he's ever been in. Even movies that I I wasn't particularly crazy about, I always feel like he's giving his 110% in any role that he puts himself into. What he does with Maverick, I thought he did a great performance. In many ways, Maverick, much like Johnny Lawrence from Cobra Kai, he is somewhat stuck in the past. He's still wearing the leather jacket, the aviators. He's still riding the same motorcycle. And he's still happiest when he is flying a supersonic jet. However, 
we've also seen some change and evolution in who Maverick is. And this is established in the story and through Tom Cruise's performance. Several decades have have passed. He is older. Uh, He is still wrestling with the grief and the trauma of losing his best friend from the first movie. I thought all of that was handled beautifully. Jennifer Connelly is also a great tie to the first film in a very subtle way, but also something new to this story. Now, she portrays a character named Penny Lane, who, if you've seen the first movie, there is a throwaway line in which Maverick's getting chewed out by his commanding officer, and he mentions an admiral's daughter. And um, Goose kind of side whispers to him, is that uh, Penny Lane? That's the character who Jennifer Connelly plays. She is absolutely stunning. She gives a great performance, and she has great chemistry with Tom Cruise in this movie. And they establish that these two characters have had a long history. So there's consistency from that one line in the first movie. So that is nostalgia done right. They really build upon that, and it's credible. It's believable. Third, you have Iceman. Val Kilmer returns in this movie. That's not a spoiler, He returns in this movie. That was announced a long time ago. Now, while Val Kilmer's screen time is is fairly limited, he's got uh, just a few pivotal scenes, the Iceman's character, his presence permeates the entire film. It's a very important part of the story, and they really developed that friendship between Maverick and Iceman, that brotherhood, in a way that is so respectful to the character And Val Kilmer just gives a really amazing performance. Even though he doesn't have a lot of screen time, his character is really important to the story. So they really did this right. They really handled the nostalgia right. At the same time, you've got a cast of new characters, including Miles Teller, who plays uh, Goose's son, Rooster. And if you've watched some of the trailers, you can see already that there's tension between he and Maverick that goes back many years. Now, what's interesting is if you watch the trailers, you assume that it's simply because he holds Maverick responsible for his father's death. That's part of it. But when you get into the story and you see Top Gun Maverick, you'll see that there's a lot more to it than that. It's a lot more nuances, a lot more layered and complex. And I like that. I like that it's not just an obvious reason for their conflict and that's a a part of the story as well as how they are able to resolve that or work through that so the ties to the original film are all there and then you've also got nods including the soundtrack the uh, the visuals there are a lot of different cues to the first film and yet it builds on that by bringing in this new generation of pilots all of the actors who play these newer pilots they do a great job the cast is really well-rounded. And then you've got amazing actors who are uh, playing these other supporting roles as well. And, and so the cast overall, really great an ensemble piece. So those are the three elements that made Top Gun Maverick, I think, just an outstanding film. You've got the technical achievements. You've got a an engaging story. And then the third big factor, nostalgia done right. This is what makes it an excellent sequel but also a film that you can appreciate on its own. And as I've mentioned, there are people who have not seen Top Gun who have seen Top Gun Maverick and have really enjoyed it. And for me, I didn't get a chance to revisit the original film before seeing this. It's been a little while, and I didn't feel like I missed out on anything. This is a movie that stands on its own, but also serves as a great sequel to 
uh, a fantastic legacy property. So my overall rating on this movie is a five out of five. Do I have any criticisms of this movie? I have one minor one, and it's probably one that can be rectified if there are subsequent movies. I would have liked to have spent a little more time with the newer characters, get to know them a little more, a little more about their backstories. Maybe there wasn't enough time for that because there's so much going on. And perhaps that is something that we will see if there is a Top Gun 3 or later films. And I think that's going to be largely up to Tom Cruise as to whether or not there are going to be any future installments. As far as I'm concerned, even if there, we don't ever see any other sequels, Top Gun Maverick is just a very satisfying film. If this is all there ever is, I think they've done a fantastic job. They have accomplished what they set out to in telling a satisfying story that continues from the first film. And uh, it really stands on its own. And it deserves all of the accolades and success and praise that it's received. So while Top Gun Maverick is still in theaters, if you're one of the few people who has not yet seen it, I definitely recommend go see it on the big screen while you can. It, it will be on digital, I imagine, pretty soon. We're streaming and if Paramount is smart, I think they're going to hold off on moving this to digital right away. I think they're, this movie still has legs. I think it's it continues to bring in audiences. And um, I, I think this is a movie that you're going to enjoy watching and revisiting over the years. So that's my review. And uh, what a fun way to kick off the summer movie series. All right, the write-up for this episode is at bemovingforward.com. As I mentioned prior, I'm going to keep the movie series write-ups fairly short. I encourage you to go see this movie. And just as a side note, I will have some announcements pretty soon about my upcoming book. I am in the final review stage. That's probably going to be announced on a separate episode. I may do a standard Thursday episode. But the movie series... That's going to be released every Friday, just like today's episode. So uh, I'll be back next week with another film. I hope you have a great weekend. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider leaving a rating and review. It helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and BeMovingForward.com. All rights reserved.